people let's do this one last time i thought i was the one and only spider-man hello and welcome to i can't believe it's not the mouse the podcast all about animated features not made by disney i'm your host octaviano macias and today i'm joined by a guest host uh why don't you introduce yourself hello everybody my name is jesus Quinteras. uh i used to work with octaviano at walmart what almost six years ago now it feels like it, it's yeah. Not, it's, it's not longer. <laughs> it's It's been long, honestly. It's, you know, it, it's crazy. Like, every time I think I'm going to get out of that place, something drags me back <laughs> in. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm cursed at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, no, I feel, uh, but yeah, like I said, a lifelong comic reader, fantasy nerd, and just all around right Geek, uh, <laughs> in general. yeah which is why we're talking about the animated movie spider-man into the spider-verse today uh which is of course one of the few animated um comic book movies that actually hit theaters and surprisingly one of the few non-disney animated features to actually win an oscar for best animated picture which to this day still kind of blows my mind that they created that award and within the 20 years since there's like maybe six movies not made by them that are are, are winners. So no, it's a, it's a yeah, it's a crazy stat to think about because you know going back to found, to Disney's founding, you know all the way back in the 1930s and even further back, animation's always been the thing. It's not until you know the last 20 odd years we've had more of a focus on actual like live uh, action features. Yeah, especially within the last you know you know, decade or so. But yeah, I mean, like, this is a studio that was known for so many years uh, for their amazing anime features. And the first one to ever win was, was uh, Snow White. Yeah. Which was, like, their, their big hit. But yeah, this... Spider-Man's honestly, for me, ticks a lot of boxes because it... Amazing story. Great cast. You know, uh, another big thing for me always with movies like that is the score which this thing, they knocked it out of the park on all fronts. This is one of those rare movies where I really don't have any issues with it. Like, there's nothing for me to be nitpicky about it because it's just, you know, a little slow at the beginning because, exactly, you know, a little slow at the beginning, but you know what movie isn't. Right. And, of course, but other than that, it's more or less perfect, you know, period. I mean... (laughs) No, I I get you. I mean... When it comes to Spider-Man, I, I like, of course, I rewatched this just to kind of get uh, an idea of like, okay, you know, exactly. get it fresh. Exactly. Um, it's been a minute. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, it, it's just amazing how much this movie gets right, where it could have gone wrong. Because, you know, exactly. with it being like a multiverse movie, um, like not to insult um, like the recent Spider-Man, because of course, we had like the new Spider-Man um, live action movie that did the, the multiverse thing yeah. too. Um, but between the two of them, where I think this one gets a little more right is that uh, everything is in service to the story. Whereas with the new one, um, No Way Home, it's like, okay, we're going to bring in the Tobey Maguire, the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, 
And yeah, it, it's fine for the story. And I got no real issues on that. But at the same time, you know that a lot of that is just for the fan service, which is not necessarily right. bad, but it's one of those things where it's like, well, if you have no connection to those characters or those versions, it might not hit you as hard. Whereas with this one, the fact that it's doing the multiverse and it's like, okay, here's a bunch of characters, some of which have actually been in the comics before, like Spider-Man Noir. Uh, whether you... Spider Ham. Yeah, exactly. Like, whether you've read those versions or not, it's not going to affect your enjoyment of this movie, which I, I just love. And it's it's just an artistic delight on that as well, just because they do emphasize, like, okay, these characters had their own art styles in the comics. So here we kind of play around with it a little bit more. Uh, Spider Ham is like an old school cartoon. Uh, you got uh, Batman and the War, who kind of harkens back to like to the comic strips of the '30s, you know, different look and feel and tone. Right, right. And then, where, and then you got Spider Gwen, who's like more of the the more recent. Yeah, like the more Marvel modern. Story. Then of exactly. course you got like the Japanese girl, who's like done more like an anime. I know she's yeah, apparently a more recent cre- creation. I've never actually seen her before this, but apparently she was but, in the comics. Exactly same, and what's actually funny, yeah, jumping back real quick is, mm-hmm. I guess I've already, I guess I, knowing what I know about this, you know, I've kind of, you know, more or less the same with most of these characters. But what's funny is a lot of people actually assumed uh, Peter Pork or Spider Ham's origin was from the Simpsons movie. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, there's a lot of people who yeah, I remember that they thought that it was actually a, a it was Spider Man. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, no, there, there's an actual Spider Ham. Like, it, granted, it's a little different than what we see in the movie, but it, it's, it's not more or less off. the same. Exactly. Yeah. Which, I mean, hey, if they had gone with that origin for Spider for Peter Parker, I would not have been mad because that was it's one of the highlights of that movie. Yeah, I mean, with me, like w- when I saw the like the trailers for this movie, of course, I was like, okay, how many Spider people are gonna be popping up in this? The second exactly. he popped up, I was like you know what, I'm completely sold on this. Like, granted, I love Spider-Man, but I just have a lot of nostalgia for, like, old-school cartoons and talking animals, so I'm, like, mixing those exactly. two is you know, just he, perfect. No, exactly, and he definitely gives off, like, that Porky Pig vibe. Yeah. And the fact that he's voiced by John Mulvaney just... <laughs> Takes it to another level. Which I gotta say, he doesn't have a lot of lines, but he delivers them, like, with such great timing. It's it worked, like especially when uh, what is it? When they're in uh, Miles's dorm room, and he's like, "Oh, do animals talk in this universe?" Because I don't want to freak them out. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. I mean, supposedly they're planning on doing a spinoff uh, on him. I don't know how true that. Is. I mean, how much they're actually well, working I mean, on that because they've been saying exactly because we've been doing like all Spider-Man. Yeah, because they have the other uh, across the, the two-part uh, sequels, uh, you know, across the Spider-Verse in production right now. Yeah. Uh, they've been talking about, but I read something similar where it's, there are some other, like, Spider-Verse spin-offs are looking at, such as, you know, I guess a Spider-Gwen one, if, which, I mean, if they end up doing a Spider-Ham uh, spin-off, I most definitely buy a ticket just to see what they do, just because of all the you know, possible spoofs they can do on all the different characters. The comics, there's, of course, a bunch of different animal characters that come along with um, uh, Spider-Ham. Like, there's uh, our Iron Mouse, the Iron Man yeah. <laughs> Mouse, and then one of the weirdest uh, ones the, to me the is... The Beyonder. 
like they even had at one point a Black Panther um animal counterpart, but instead of it being Black Panther, it was Black Panda, which I'm like, well, he already has an animal in his name. Why did you just keep it as that? Exactly. But I guess the pun was what needed to happen. I mean, so, it works. So yeah, I mean, it's it's great. It's just silly. Yeah, exactly. But and then just, going back to Spider Verse. Uh, it definitely was, like you mentioned earlier, you know, like something that it's great that it, they got a lot right, but it, it could have gone so wrong, especially the animation style, which if you consider at that time was very experimental. Still kind of crazy to think about that. We've had animated, you know, superhero movies, cartoons, all this for years, and no one ever thought, well, what if we made it look like a comic? Because you figure comic books uh, uh, and TV are probably two of the most popular serialized formats of media. Those yeah. two things should have should be more or less worked together. But again, don't even they decided to do this, it completely changed up everything because you're immediately, literally right from the opening, you see the Sony logo, you zoom in and you see the that layer treatment that they use uh, oh, like in the comics. Little, like with the, the dots. The dots like the co- exactly. And yeah. even in the promotional material, you saw that as well. It's just it's crazy. Like, there was such a big swing for the fence. They had, you know, they had no way of knowing is this going to work, you know, because, and I kind of applaud them for that because had they gone the traditional animated or CGI route, would that have affected, you know, probably changed the overall way most people feel about it? Probably not, but it, I don't think visually it would have been as memorable. As this is, yeah, which, exactly. like, when I first saw this, I actually, um, was lucky enough to have seen it in a screening with um, uh, the directors because there's three directors on this. Uh, yeah. And some of the people who worked on it, like uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who most people know for like the Lego movie. Uh, and I remember there. like they mentioned that it was very hard for them to actually do this stuff because it was the kind of stuff that on a computer would have would have been pushing it to its limits. Exactly. But Sony was thankfully supportive of them they never specify why exactly but they mentioned like they were just kind of going for it which this is just me theorizing you know, um, you don't really hear about that nowadays from a major studio you know just jumping full on in yeah like for me my, like this like for me my theories on why they might have done it is because one uh with it being spider-man it's like the big um thing that sony owns uh exactly. and no offense sony but they really don't have that many hits. Uh, and the other thing was, which is why some people were kind of worried about this. This was coming out after, like, I believe the Emoji movie from Sony. So it was kind of like, well, that was a really <laughs> shitty movie. So going from yeah. that to this. Um, <laughs> I know a lot of people have called that, like, basically essentially a knockoff of Wreck-It Ralph, which it more or less is. Yeah, it's not a very good movie. I don't think it's as bad as people have um, given it its reputation as. Like it's I mean, still... it's not... I, it's just a movie, like, it suffers from the fact that yeah, it's another heavily CGI animated movie. The story is kind of meh. Yeah. And again, you know, you know, watching that, you're immediately drawn, of course, to comparisons to Wreck-It Ralph, which <laughs> you know, right. itself just sort of blew everything out of the water. Yeah, I mean, and not only that, but I think Sony at the time too was also getting a couple of years ago. What was this? 
because what Spider-Man came out 2018? Yeah, 2018. 2018. I think Emoji movie came out about a year or so before that. Yeah, like it was 2017 or or so. Yeah, um, I'm not too sure, but I know that the two like I know that it was the two, before. <laughs> right. And you figure the two big uh so yeah, that was exactly that was a lot of pressure on them because of the emoji movie. You figure before the year before that, 2016. That really not an animated movie necessarily, but uh, the Ghostbusters, the all-female Ghostbusters, was just got reamed. So they were they needed a hit bad. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I must, you know, of course I could be wrong. It could be any other thing, but my general theory on why they might have allowed them to do all this stuff, even though this is the kind of thing that most studios wouldn't, is because they're pretty much had a bunch of failures. Uh, a pretty bad reputation, you know, on the animation side. So oh, yeah. it was one of those things like, look, just do whatever you want. Uh, hopefully, whatever you do hits. And thankfully, it did hit. Uh, it's uh, it's just a perfect example of just letting the artists do what they do best. Because it, yeah, like it's like the art style in this is special because it feels like um, they're trying to recreate the comic book look. But instead of it just being like, okay, they. They drew it out with it being CG. They're allowed to experiment with different art styles to a point that it feels like a celebration of comics and animation. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And on the production side of it, too, I think when they pitched this to Sony, their initial treatment, uh, which was like a combination of animatics and storyboard, right. was initially two hours, which is insane to think like for a, you know, a pitch for an animated movie because it's usually just, you know, a short little animatic or like a handful of story versus the fact that the directors uh, the directors the writers they went in and pitched for essentially a movie in itself as the pitch and just got that green light that's still insane to think about nowadays yeah because like you said you know, a lot of you know, studios nowadays it more or less depends on who's in charge right but yeah they're not all that hesitant to try you know to experiment with new uh, with new ideas, they want to go with you know what's worked in the past. That's why we keep getting yeah, not to bash them. Uh, DC why they're now reworking their whole uh, cinematic universe because it just doesn't <laughs> it didn't work for one reason or another. They gave it to not that it didn't work. It just they were trying to play catch up and they forced a, a shortcut. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things like with on DC where they either should have given it more time to build up to it, or what exactly. I've kind of liked um, from the more recent stuff, like whether it's uh, Shazam or the Suicide Squad, where it's just like, okay, look, we're still going to be doing that universe thing, but that's really more on the back burner. It's just something to kind of give you an idea of what this world is. People already know Superman, Batman, and all those guys, so we kind of don't need to waste too much time explaining them. Let's just explore this specific story first before we even think about doing a team up. Exactly. You know, which is where they kind of shot themselves in the foot because you figure they've had, arguably, I would say between the two companies, you can make a case for certain characters, you know, depending on the air, on the years or decades being more popular than the other. But for the most part, the Trinity of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Yeah, they're, iconic yeah that's like that's that's the a1 that is the mascot for dc it's like with wonder woman even though she only got her movie uh 
like five years ago, like first four. Oh, it's still the best one, hand of those you know initial movies. Yeah, uh, but like even with with um, having t- taken that long just for her to get one movie, she's still a very well known character because of course there was the old, the old show and exactly. whenever people think about a female superhero, the first one that comes to mind is always Wonder Woman. So but, with that iconicness, I mean, you would kind of think that okay, we would have assumed there would have been something more in those exactly. intervening years. Which would have said that. Which again, going to working back to Spider Verse, I think for them, not to say that it wouldn't have worked. It could not that it couldn't have worked with a different with you know Peter or one of these other ones introduced. But the fact that they went with Miles, yeah, and it just took off. I mean, he's already he's been around for a long time. He's been a popular character. Have there been instances where he's like every other character where his popularity sort of waxed and waned? Of course, you know, no characters ever able to maintain a high level of popularity for a period of time is always going to be you know dips in that yeah i mean with but uh it, with miles being the one that they chose to start because yeah i've heard uh that people say like okay they could have gone with anyone why did they go with miles it, it came down to pretty much one uh of the all the different spider-man that have, there's been he's the only one that kind of has that story baked into his where it's like okay um, the original Spider-Man dies, so now he becomes Spider-Man. Exactly. And I feel like it works with what the movie's theme is going for in terms of, like, anyone could be Spider-Man, because if they had gone with, like, let's just say, like, another Peter Parker who was just younger and then crossed over to all this stuff, it wouldn't have had that same effect because it's like, well, we know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. We've seen Peter Parker be Spider-Man. So seeing this young kid who isn't Peter Parker... Um, become the Spider-Man. That's that whole thing of anyone can be under that that mask. So exactly, I really love that they do went with that choice instead of copping out with let's just do Peter Parker because that would be the safe bet. No, exactly. I mean, it's again, yeah, it was a big risk. They stuck, but the you know the direct the writers the directors they felt the connection to Miles and. It's a good thing that they stuck with it because now he's arguably one of the most one of Marvel's you know, most popular characters now. Oh yeah. And I don't know that, but again, going back to the look that they gave with he already had an iconic look because it's you know, the black and red suit, which even regardless of how you see it, whether it's you know, in a comic book of an animated movie or even the you know, the video game that Sony came out with a couple of years ago. Yeah. It always looks good. And you know, it's just such a refreshing take. And it's just a simple change of color, you know, going from red, white, and blue to the black and red. Well, watching the movie, I liked how they kind of set that up in terms of the suit, because you have, like, the early bit where he buys, like, the Spider-Man costume, <laughs> and you have Stanley, who, of course, this was one of his final performances, probably his final performance before... Um, before Endgame. Um, well, I, well, yeah, but I'm talking about, like, in terms of when he passed away, I'm not sure if this came out before or after. Uh, I'm not sure if you remember, like when he passed away uh, exactly. Off the top of my head, I do not, but I know he did do a lot of work to record uh, all these different cameos yeah. beforehand. Because I mean, I think he had. I'm sure at that point he knew. Okay, like this is coming up. I need to try and. I want to do this just to kind of get these out there. That way, they're already ready to go. And then going to the Stanley cameo, I mean, 
I like that they did a little bit more. Oh yeah, they didn't just. It's not like you know, uh, exactly. But it's not a, you know, blinky you'll miss it moment like it like it has been with so many of his other appearances. It was he actually was there had a full conversation with Miles, and you know he pops up a couple more times throughout the film. He's got to be a little more eagle-eyed to find it, but it was yeah. a nice little send-off, you know, to Stan because again he, you know, such a big part in the creation of. Spider-Man with Marvel, you know, Spider-Man, Thor, just Marvel in general. Yeah, they had to give him a proper send-off. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I, I just remembered. Yeah, so this movie did actually release like about a couple of weeks before, um, after he passed away because they, I remember exactly. watching it, they actually uh, mentioned like, oh yeah, we have to quickly add in like a little uh, in memory of Stanley and um, Steve Defco. Who had also passed who away that also year. passed away like around that same time, yeah. So it was uh, it was crazy. But what I was uh, trying to get at with that is that you have that whole scene where he's basically you know selling it, and it's kind of like a little joke because it's like, oh, there's no refunds, and the suit doesn't fit. But then you start thinking about it, it's like, oh, okay, so it's actually the movie kind of um, foreshadowing. Foreshadowing, like, okay, exactly. Like, yeah, this suit is not the right fit for him because it's not his suit. He has to create his own. So exactly. that's kind of neat. No, yeah, and the fact that again that they give that one, as you say, I, I love that little scene. Just to jump out real quick, I love that scene with Sauri is just like, oh, yeah, it'll fit. It always fits. Trust me. And he's got that, you know, that devilish uh, smirk on his face, like he just winks over to the sign, like you're gonna take the suit. So, <laughs> yeah, such a small true. little thing, but it just works so well because you can. You can visualize like Stanley actually telling that to to somebody. <laughs> yeah, that was actually but, uh, a really nice touch. But uh, like, there's a lot of other things in this too. Like I said, the fact that, uh, like, like you mentioned, the fact that he's out there doing his own thing, he finds he makes it himself, which again is probably one of the best moments in there, where we finally see him come into his own, step up to the mirror, he fills in the suit, but he doesn't just put on. That uh, his universe is Peter's suit. He decides, you know what, I gotta do a little bit extra, which is why I like that they gave him that artistic side. Yeah, that he didn't just you know take what was already there. He wanted to make it his own. Yeah, like I've seen some people interpret this movie as, um, aside from it being a Spider-Man um, love letter, as a uh, kind of like a metaphor for art, um, being an artist because you have uh, Miles constantly throwing up his art and kind of struggling to find his place in the world so it's kind of like an artist trying to figure out what they you know who they are what what they can do and how they can stand out out there i'm not sure how well that entirely holds up but i could kind of see where people who have that that whole um i guess theory on that you know can can say that about it because it's kind of like that whole um, thing where it's like, oh, the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man is supposed to be a metaphor for um, going through puberty. Um, but I'm like, well, I mean, okay. You could make a, right, a good I mean, argument. Spider-Man more or less is, you know, a coming of age yeah. story, regardless of whether it, it's, you know, Toby, uh, Andrew, Tom, or uh, what's the act? Uh, Shamik Moore, who does the voice yeah, of, uh, of Miles. Uh, it's Spider-Man at its core, regardless of who it is, whether it's Peter, Miles, Gwen, uh, Miguel, it's always been a coming of age story. You have a kid who 
you know, I guess it's trying to find their place, like you can find their place in the world and really sure what, how are they going to do it or what they want to do. And then by circumstance, you know, they have something that, in the words of Miles, oh, it's just, that it just happens. Whether yeah. the right place, right time, or wrong place, wrong time, however you want to interpret it, you know, that change is thrust upon them and they have to either, well, no, we know that they end up meeting that. But I guess it, it, it's always been that, I've always seen it more as a coming of age thing. And then they've thrown in, like, especially with uh, Spider-Verse, they threw in a little bit of, what was that story, uh, Great Expectations in there as well. Yeah. One of the things that I, I wanted to talk about before I forget, um, right. with uh, the whole thing being a multiverse story, one of the things I, I really do love is that uh, upon rewatches, you actually start noticing a lot of stuff that, you know, you would normally write off in other stuff as just, okay, they're just trying to avoid using the, the actual names of stuff. Um, right. But uh, as you watch it, it starts to feel like, okay, maybe it's just them trying to emphasize that, yes, this is a different universe because, you know, it goes from little things like, okay, instead of FedEx, they have uh, a company named Red X. Uh, yeah. Instead of like Bridesmaids, you see a poster of, um, I think it was like baby showers or something like that, but it's like the exact same style. Um, but just well, different. In, exactly. Like in, it, in a slight way. Yeah. I like, think they do the same at the beginning too when we get, uh, you know, the Chris Pine voice, uh, Peter Parker. You see it, and we know, we know it's Coca Cola, but it's yeah. called uh, Coca Soda or something like that. Yeah, it was something like that. Uh, yeah, and then there's like different variations on all the Sony products. It's either spelled S O N I or S O N I E or some or to some variation of that. Yeah, and like one yeah, of the it is they, those little things that just kind of makes it when you do see it, like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because like at some point, like one of the things I noticed, like early on when you see um, one of Mouse's papers. Uh, when you see like the date on it, it says like uh, February, December or something like that. Like it's not even a real month. So it's like they even went the extra mile by even putting in like, okay, they have different names for the months and stuff like that. And like, I don't know, that's kind of impressive. Like the fact that they went with that much on little details. No, exactly. And one of the, you know, going back to the little details too, it's something I didn't, I didn't notice the first couple watch throughs uh, of Spider-Verse, but the scene where they are, where uh, Kingpin and all of them are testing the collider for the first time, they meant, I think it was Dr. Octopus, one of the other scientists mentioned, oh, we have like five separate universes opening. If you notice close enough next to each of those name of those uh, universes where those openings are at, it's the respective universes for the Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. So Matt, yeah, so in according to that, which makes it funnier that Jake Johnson's uh, Peter B. Parker is the Spider-Man from the main Marvel universe. Yeah, I noticed that, which it's it's a great touch, especially because it, it just makes it feel like it's that much more connected to the comics, even when it's exactly. you know, clearly not. Uh, and of course, I just love that Jake Johnson plays them as like this completely washed up um, Spider-Man who's still technically doing it right, but at the same time, you know, quite. as everyone knows with Spider-Man, uh, like when Spider-Man's doing well, Peter Parker's life is sticking a big shit. <laughs> exactly, but you know, this is the inverse for both of his lives are just... Just crap? Completely imploded, exactly. 
I, I love it when they were pitching it to Jake Johnson to do the voice. They told, oh, yeah, it's basically Mr. Miyagi. He'll be the Mr. Miyagi to uh, Miles' Daniel LaRusso, but this Mr. Miyagi doesn't know what the hell he's doing. <laughs> Which makes sense, considering that, you know, when again it comes to, um, to Spider-Man, it's like, you have to remember, this is a guy who is constantly messing up, uh, has never actually had kids of his own, and of course, um, with the Miles story, you know, by that point, technically, Peter Parker is dead, so how is this guy going to be teaching another, you know, another person how to be Spider-Man when he's pretty much struggled with it as himself? No, exactly. And the other thing, too, is this is probably this is the most experienced of the Spider-Man because he is, I think they mentioned he's like 36 or whatever, the, or however old he is yeah. in there, but yeah, he's the most experienced of all of the Spider-Man, arguably. He, and I, what I also pick up, too, is he's going into, especially with the fight scenes, he looks like he's, like, so <laughs> being Spider-Man. Like, you know, he, again, going there with the comparison where you've got Miles, who's just like, oh, my God, I'm I'm a Spider-Person. Like, I have all these powers. And he's like, yeah, okay, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, he's just definitely tired. He is so over <laughs> I mean, it's still a point where they added into the story where he's uh, constantly referring to things by different things. Like, okay, you know, here's, this is a goober. Like, uh, him pointing out, like, okay, this is what Kingpin's going to say at this moment. It's just like, okay, he, he's been through this enough where it's like, this is just routine at this point. Exactly. You know, and it adds another element to this movie where, you know, it, again, it starts out as like coming of age story. Right. And with when Miles meets Peter B becomes, you know, more of a buddy cop film where you've got like the old grizzled cop who just is like, oh, I'm like two weeks from retirement. He's just so close, so over it. And then you've got the energetic recruit, Miles, who's just like ready to go, wants to do everything. I think the moment that encapsulates that the most is when they're about to break into Alchemax. Yeah. You got Miles. They have like their superhero moment where they're posing, you know, with their hands on their hips, all that. You've got Miles wearing the cape. It's such a little kid thing to do. You know, you have a costume, like, oh, let me just tie something around me. He's like, I think it looks cool. You know, think about like that whole scene where you're um, trying to get the computer. (laughs) And again, it's like one of those things that I really love about this movie is it's like, yeah, you just got to pay attention to it. It's not even just for like, you know, comic book nerd reasons where it's like, okay, we got to you know, find the little references or, or whatever. It's like, no, you can see characters doing random things. Like uh, when you see like the scientists um, noticing like, oh, look, they're walking through um, here with um, Peter B. Parker taking the bagel or whatnot. Aside from someone pointing out like, hey, you know, that guy stole you our bagels. Like uh, you also notice that while everyone is getting ready to, you know, shoot at them, there's at least one scientist right there it's kind of like, I was on my lunch. Come on. Like, just give me that reaction. So it's just no, like, like any normal person would have. Yeah, it's like, really? These guys are, just have to break in? So I, I love that you can find little things, you know, like that. Like, it doesn't even have to be comic book references. It's just everyday life. Little thing. Exactly. Yeah. You know, another good moment like that, too, is when uh, after they... What the, the whole sequence where Miles and uh, Peter B are swing, are being are hanging from the fucking train, yeah. where they finally just land in the middle of the sidewalk. He's like, "Hey, you know, you guys go around." No, okay, thanks, me. 
Yeah. Because like, it just shows, like, all right, you know, the, these people, like, okay, you know, whatever, I'm just going to go about my daily business, which most people tend to do. They just keep going, keep focusing on what we got to do. Yeah. Such a great touch in the movie. Uh, and, of course, one of the things that I really do love is how even if you're aware of the comics, it still plays off a lot of this stuff in a way that will work, you know, will still be kind of a, like not, not a full on surprise, but at least will be effective for, for, um, for people who know this stuff. Like, of course, there's a whole reveal with uh, Miles' uncle being a bad guy. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, if you're a fan of the comics, you already know that that was coming. Exactly. But the way they they do it is so wow. No, it wasn't. And they did kind of do it. I'm glad you brought up uh, yeah. Aaron Davis or the parlor, however people know him. But this, the fact that they got Mahersha Ali do the voice for Aaron, first of all, he is such an underrated actor, especially yeah. before he won his Oscar uh, for Moonlight. Because yeah. his, t- this, uh, yeah, his voicing uh, Uncle Aaron in Spider-Verse him being Cottonmouth on, I think it was the first season of uh, Luke Cage. And then of course, you know, you see him in anything else he does. He is an incredible actor. Like I loved his ver- his take on Uncle Aaron because uh, they did kind of hint at the beginning, especially when he you know, was able to clear over the fence and take Miles to the spot. Like, well, it kind of drops into your head. Like, okay, well, how does he know about, yeah. about this place? How is he able to do that? And then of course, you know, it was, that reveal of him as the prowler was just, yeah, because even like knowing who he was, who they were going to be able to be the first time I ever watched, it was still so well executed. I even found myself like, like, oh shit, like a surprise. Exactly. Because it was, you know, and again, that's another good thing about a movie, about a movie that's always is that if it's good enough that it can suck you in, even if you know what's going to happen that's able to draw you that much further in, like where you're even surprised by stuff that you know. But that's a great thing for a movie to be able to do, especially for people, I guess, like I know who these characters are, when this reveal is going to happen, more or less, that it catches you off guard and you're kind of surprised. You know, kudos to the writers. Kudos to the writers. Kudos to Mahershala Ali for his performance because I... I really hope that forever they end up getting to play Uncle Aaron. If and when we get a live action Miles, that's going to be a tough comparison. I, which, technically, I think they already have introduced uh, Aaron Davis in uh, the MCU. They did. Uh, most people kind of forget about it. It was just a small role, but he was um, played by. Um, what was his name? Uh, was it, uh, he was on Community. Was, uh, I know that. I mean, I know he's known as Childish Gambino. Um, Donald Glover. Yeah. So he pops up. I mean, it's a cute little reference uh, because um, I know part of the reason why we have the character of Miles is because uh, Donald Glover wanted to... Um, to play, exactly. He wanted to, to play, play Miles, I think, in an episode of... Uh, he wouldn't, it wasn't even for Miles initially. I remember there was an episode of Community where he wears like a Spider-Man suit or a Spider-Man pajama yeah, or something yeah. to that effect. And... People saw that, and it was around the time that The Amazing Spider-Man was going into production. They wanted to get him cast as Peter, but that ended up 
getting inspired, his look and up inspiring the overall like the artistic representation of Miles that I think it was Bendis did a couple years later when they introduced the character in the Ultimates. I mean, whether or not he comes back to play uh, Aaron Blair in a future in a future uh, Miles MCU movie, or if they get somebody else, it's still a tough comparison. Yeah, especially you know, that reveal was almost Vader esque. Yeah, I mean, there's still people that didn't know. And of course, with it now being something that people will look at, it's also going to be even harder when you consider that if they try pulling off a similar twist of, oh, he's um, actually a bad guy. It's like, I mean, well, we kind of, there's a lot of people who have exactly. this version. It's kind <laughs> exactly. of like doing Whether the Darth they... Vader twist now. <laughs> exactly. Whether they do this, you know, whenever, you know, a year, I'm not, I'm sorry, not a year. Yeah, three or however many years into the future, whenever they decide to finally bring Miles to live action, it's going to be a tough one because they're going to have to, they're more or less going to have to follow the model that they did for Peter, uh, for Tom Holland's Peter. Yeah. Where they just have to try and, like, no, this is what it's been and just go with it. It's definitely going to be a tough act to follow, which, uh, exactly. thinking about that. Yeah, and especially with the other characters in Miles' life, too, like his parents. Uh, Jefferson oh, yeah. Davis and Rio Morales. Uh, Brian said, I think it was, uh, he was in the Eternals. Yeah, also, Brian Tyree uh, Henry. There you go. Yeah. Love him as the voice of uh, as the voice of Jefferson Davis. Uh, Rio Morales is voice actor who I I feel so bad that I can remember her name. Um, she, like In the few little instances she's in there, she does have some very impactful you know, mother to son moments with him. Yeah, Luna Lauren Velas. That's who that there is. I knew holding on to this was gonna work out. <laughs> um, yeah, she she does really good. I just love that. Um, in the case of um, the father, they do give him a lot of little moments to flesh out his exactly. character without you know delving too much. Like oh, into the into him and Aaron's past. Yeah, like you know Miles asks. Um, the father like oh um, what are do you really hate Spider-Man and just like the little reaction he gives tells you like, more oh. than if he had just you know exactly exactly so it's yeah, just but, nice really, like, she tries to scold and like well you know how I feel about him baby come on <laughs> and I mean I just want to give a shout out to one little thing uh, if anyone has this on you know Blu-ray uh, I'm not sure if it was in the DVD copy of it, but I know for sure it's in the Blu-ray copy of it. Uh, one thing that's definitely worth checking out if uh, if you had that is they have like an alternate universe mode or something like that where they actually put in um, all the deleted scenes in the movie. So you kind of get an idea of like, okay, this is how this deleted scene would have played out in this movie. I, I saw it once. It's definitely something where I wouldn't really watch again and again because there are deleted scenes, so it kind of slows down the movie and you can see why certain stuff was cut out, but it's still just a right. nice feature because most movies, when they have their deleted scenes, it's always um, walled off, which is fine, I get it. Uh, but just seeing a movie have it placed in, like, okay, now we have this deleted scene, see how this would have been like if we had kept it in. Like, they actually were originally planning to have um, Miles have more of a relationship with his roommate in the movie, 
Um, Yankee Lee. Yankee, yeah, yeah who is yeah, a bigger no, character in like, the comics. Oh, a huge character. He, he's Miles, a uh, guy in the chair. Especially for those of you, for you know the people who've played the uh, Miles Morales expansion, the Marvel after the Marvel Spider-Man game, he has a huge role. Yeah. In that, you know, and initially, and I think the reason why, because I think they already cast him, uh, cast a, vo- a voice actor for him when they were going to production, and the reason why they ended up changing it was because Yankee and yeah, Yankee and Ned from uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming have so much in common. Yeah. Almost... Up like, I think there's a lot of crossover between those two characters, which is understandable, but again, it's still kind of disappointing that, which again, this is the first movie in this art, in this planned trilogy, so I'm sure we're going to see more Genki, but like, I do like the nod at the end of the movie where they, you know, they show them finally, you know, starting to open exactly. up more, because at that point, they've had very <laughs> awkward uh, interactions with each other. Whether it was, you know, him passing out because he hears Spider uh, Spider Ham talking or the whole uh, oh my god, I think it hit puberty. Yeah, and he, just, he reacts to it. That's what he's doing. Like, what the hell did you just say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that's definitely a version to seek out if uh, if you have the Blu-ray. It's just a neat little feature. Again, not one that I really watch again and again because of course with the deleted scenes, you can see Automatically, okay, this is why they cut that out. It just drags on, but it's still like if you're a fan of behind the scenes stuff, it's just a neat little feature to have and to understand how this movie would have been like if they had kept those scenes. Right. No, anyway, and sometimes you know, those deleted scenes end up working out better than they had. They just end up cutting it for you know runtime issues or whatever reason. Yeah. Regarding the the upcoming sequels, because of course they're, they're announced that they're doing um, yeah. two more. Uh, exactly. I'm wondering whether or not they're bringing back all the characters, or it's just going to be like, okay, aside from um, Gwen, we're going to see just a bunch of new characters. Either way, I wouldn't mind. I mean, I kind of want to see these characters back just because I love them so much. Like, even right. if you don't get a lot of like the, the latter three characters, which would be Spider-Ham, Spider-Man Noir, and Penny Parker... Um, I still really enjoy their moments in the movie, so I would like to see more. But if they decide, okay, let's just do a bunch of new Focus ones. on these other, exactly. No. I'd be fine with it. it exactly, it won't be the bad choice. It's just going to be something different because like, we know for a fact that what is it? Uh, Spider-Man 2099's Miguel O'Hara. It's definitely is back. Be one of the, Yeah, he's going to be one of the main characters. They're also bringing in. I believe it's the act to voice and this you know an animated version of his character. It's the Japanese Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean they've been and, joking around with it. I mean I'm hoping they they'll deliver on that, but that they they might be in the, the Japanese the act, one, the original actor to voice him. Uh, I know, not for this obviously, unfortunately not for this one because the actor has already passed away, but the original voice actor from the '60s. Uh, Spider-Man. Oh yeah. Wasn't it supposed to appear uh, in Spider-Verse, but I guess they ended up having a voice by a different actor for for whatever reason. Right, right. I mean, but, and then of course there are still rumors going around that we're gonna see, yeah, uh, if not Toby and Andrew, but at least again Tom Holland's uh, Peter in this one, in this yeah. up, in, uh, across the Spider-Verse. 
which I don't know, I'm fine with that, but I kind of hope that it's not in that big of a role. Like, nothing against Tom Holland. I really do enjoy his his um Spider-Man. Right. It's just, uh, I, I don't want it to turn into just um, them trying to, like, okay, let's try to get everyone. The multiverse for the sake of the multiverse. Exactly. Like, you know, if you want to come for a cameo, that'd be perfectly fine. But, no, exactly. Which I think is something they're probably more gonna lean to because they are so then because we still do have that the sequel uh coming out. Who knows when? Which if that's the case, maybe kind of if you want to have um have a little bit more screen time, save that for you know for that movie. Don't just throw them out there just for the sake of throwing it out there. I don't know. I'm at the very least hoping that they do kind of explore upon like the more obscure stuff. Um, kind of like because I know that into Spider the Spider Verse had its own comic um storyline. It's vastly different from this movie, um, right. but they included stuff like okay, here's like the old Stanley newspaper comics. Uh, here's like the uh, what do they call it? Like the Hostess Fruit Bar or whatever <laughs> Spider Man. So like they have their fun, right. including a bunch of different universes. Uh, they even had like the Marvel versus Capcom one, so that was kind of funny. <laughs> That's right. Well, I guess the one thing I do is like so whether it's in I'm not sure if we're gonna get it in Across the Spider Verse two. Hopefully, in uh, we get it in Across the Spider Verse part uh, in the third Spider Verse movie, but they have to at some point bring in the '90s Spider Man voice actor. Yeah, that's definitely one that they need. Like, that has to happen. Like, you cannot, I guess, whether it's, you know, a cameo in Across the Spider-Verse Part 1 or they have him as an actual character in Across the Spider-Verse Part 2, they have to bring him in at some point. Like, you can't do... It would just be such a disservice. Yeah, like, even if... Yeah, exactly. I mean, even if... Because I know some people don't really like that version. I... I don't get why. Well, I mean, but... It depends exactly because it's if you grew it's one of those things where if you grew up watching it, you do have an attachment to that. It's the same thing with the other Marvel shows from then, whether it's yeah. you know the X-Men, Iron Man, the Incredible Hulk, whatever. You do have those attachments because that's what we grew up watching. So I guess it's something to, that I'm sure they probably thought of, like, okay, well, how can we work him in and what makes the most sense? And of course the main thing comes down to whether or not he wants to do it. Yeah, I mean, with me, it's just um, putting aside, you know, my own nostalgia for that cartoon. The reason why I'm like, this one should definitely make it in is just because uh, as far as I can think of, that's probably the first um, instance of like a Spider-Verse because they actually had a whole story mm-hmm. arc in that show I where it's like a bunch of different Spider-Man. So it's like, exactly. you know, if you're going to do Spider-Verse, you got to have at least the first person to do it again. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's as far as I know the the farthest back that that goes. Well, no, um, and you are you would be right because the comic Spider Verse I think went back to 2014, 2015. Yeah, it was within like the the yeah about a decade ago or more or less. less. Yeah. But the, and then yeah, going back to that, yeah, that was you did have those different versions of Peter where I think even one he sort of said, "Oh, I'm just an actor who plays Spider Man in a movie." Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to the sequel. I am hoping that we get a bunch of creative stuff with it, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, mean the, I think as long as they still have 
more the same creative team of the three directors, uh, Lord Miller and whoever, and the other uh, people that were in the writing room. I think it should be fine. And I, I know I'm sure Sony at this point is also, hopefully they don't try and interfere too much with because seeing as they really let them do what they wanted to do with the initial Spider-Verse movie, it would make no sense to try and mess with the formula now. Exactly. Just, you know, let them do their thing. You've seen what can what happened the first time. Just let them let them do their thing. Let them figure it out, and you know, hopefully from there, I have I'm pretty confident it's going to be just as good. I think someone whether it's going to be better or not. Nice. Unfortunately, it's a little it's still too early to tell. We just have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely something where I'm like, I just hope it's good. I don't, I don't really need it to be better. I just need it to be entertaining that's all that really matters to me no of course um but yeah with with this one uh you know the original into the spider-verse it's just a fantastic movie uh that it's one of the few um movies to win the the best picture uh, best animated picture award um that isn't disney is definitely not surprising given just how creative it is like it kind of would have been a shame had it not even been nominated, which you know could have no, always happen. Which would have no, exactly. It's never a guarantee with that because I mean there are years where you have like how does this win, but you know this didn't even get nominated, regardless of whether it's animation, documentary, or you know one of the other features. It just yeah, and I, part of why I do do love that it won, aside from it being a good movie, is that I've noticed that there's been more animated movies since that. Uh, have been more creative in their animation style, like not to the to the point of this, but I've seen more at least try to branch out from the usual Pixar style. So I don't know. That's definitely all I'm glad for. Well, I, I think we'll we'll definitely see more of that because again, you know, I have, not to say that it's on a downtrend. I mean, it has definitely taken you know hit more like traditional animation styles. Have it, you don't really see them as much nowadays you mostly so i think most people now associate them with like the with dc's other side or with the, their animated movies yeah she's gonna say they're not bad it's just you know they're typical release to you know, straight straight release they have a straight release of the german they've had some good ones throughout i think probably at least in my opinion uh the best one of those that they've done was the killing joke which from one change is more or less faithful to its adaptation, but yeah, like I said, they're they have become more experimental, which they needed to this you know, for the, I think pretty much since oof, what was it like the mid 2000s? We've seen more just CGI, which yeah, it's like the mid 2000s, yeah, which is it's not a bad thing, it's just. You know, I guess there's been improvement in it. I mean, you can obviously compare that to, you know, look at the Toy Story movies. Yeah. You know, the initial one, they all look the same. Right now, they had, you know, the technology is advanced, so they can make little things look different. Where you know, they don't all look like. You know, where you know, Andy doesn't look like he's completely made of the same plastic as Woody. Yeah. Yeah, you can definitely see. There's more of a skin texture there instead of exactly, and which is why again going to Spider versus I love it because it's a blend of obviously you can see the CGI as well as the hand drawn elements in there as well with the 
know, the textures of the characters, especially yeah. on the up close shots that like you can really notice all that. I'll always have a preference for 2D animation, but I do appreciate seeing CG kind of break away from just doing like the typical mold of let's just have it look like a Pixar movie. So I don't know. That's, that's pretty much what, yeah. what I love on this. No, and again, like if it's the but yeah, you know, it's visually very visually 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 pleasing just because yeah it is so completely different like we mentioned earlier. It's still crazy to think that this is the first animated superhero movie to go the route of being presented like a comic book. I mean the fact that they even like we mentioned that they have the dot textures and they even have the uh the thought bubbles and the whole you know blam wham all that. <laughs> even the movement, because I know when it comes to um like i remember i remember they mentioned like okay uh pay attention to how miles moves and pay attention to how peter b moves uh you'll notice that peter b you know moves very fluid like you know he's uh what they call in the the animation industry he's uh, animated on ones whereas miles is animated on twos which is basically a like a uh, a way to kind of um save yeah like pretty much save save money or to like um in the case of this movie um it makes miles look more stiff when it comes to doing his actions because he's new to the the spider-man role whereas peter b has been there for who knows how long so it's like okay he already has that handled exactly yeah which you do really know i'm glad you brought that up you do really notice that uh when they you know when miles is first learning to swing yeah like you do see that that where for Peter he tells them you know just don't think about it which for somebody that does have that experience that you don't have to think about it but for somebody new whether it's you know learning to ride a bike drive a car whatever it you are thinking about everything exactly <laughs> in in some cases you're even overthinking which can lead to what happened to Miles where he ends up you know shooting onto the twig into the branch of the tree itself with that out of the way. Uh... I don't know. Is there anything else that you wanted to add to this? Uh, I feel like I've said uh, pretty much I everything. Think we've pretty, <laughs> I think we've pretty much covered it. Uh, but I mean, I'll say it again. Amazing film. Great, you know, story, cast, direction. Probably one of the best scored movies, you know, of the time. Now, now since when it came out, all that. Uh, I know a lot of people would rank this as the best Marvel movie ever. I, I personally wouldn't go that far. I would say it's definitely for me at least. It is as far as like the best Spider-Man for me. This is, it's a three-way tie between uh, Spider-Verse, Homecoming, and the original Sam Raimi. But regardless, you know, if you haven't seen it, watch it. If you have watch it again <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i agree on that front i don't know if i would call it the the best marvel movie Sp- best spider-man movie I, i'm willing to at least let that go i mean thinking to, yeah like I, I know a lot of people feel different but at least for me those three films right now are very hard to talk like if it changed like those three it changed the order changes yeah you know depending on how i feel about that particular movie but for the most part it is in that it's in those top three with those other two yeah you can't hate the original <laughs> yeah honestly it's it's a masterpiece just an amazing movie and it's one that just needs to be watched again and again 
Exactly. Not just because of the details that they add in, but just because it's really that good. So, yeah, that's pretty much my thought on it. It's an amazing movie. So, yeah, just you know, closing this off. Just want to say thank you for listening. Uh, this has been Octaviano Macias. Um, I don't know if you want to plug anything in, like if you got anything to promote. Ah, uh, not really. Uh, just like yeah, you know, thank you for having me on this one. It's been fun. Hopefully, we can do this again. Uh, just let me know. Oh yeah, sure. Anything else you want to? You know, we'll be down to do this again. Uh, and to everybody listening, you know, keep listening, keep waiting, and we will see you guys soon. Sometimes I let matches burn down to my fingertips just to feel something, anything. Oh. Hey, just wanted to say thank you for watching the video. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Comment below if you had any thoughts on this. And if you want to support me even more, there's always the option of Patreon. Yes, I have a Patreon. Patreon would be a great way to help me grow this channel as it's a great way to get equipment, a great way to let me know what you guys like, and it's a great way to help me financially. Just saying, the more I have on Patreon, the more time I'll have for these videos. Anyway, thanks again for watching. Please like, comment, subscribe, and I'll see you next time.